Welcome, dear listener. It's time for another episode of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational podcast with me, Big Tone, and my daughter, Little Tone. How are you today, Little Tone? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's blowing an absolute gale in the Cotswolds. I don't know what it's like where you are. Tell me, in Hastings. It's pretty similar. It's blowing a gale in it's... Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get do you get like tons of water splashing over the seafront? Yeah, I mean we get pretty violent waves, but even just in my in my kitchen area where I'm sat here, um, our house faces off the edge of like a hill, so that we really get battered by the wind and the rain. Yeah, so this is Storm Dudley. And That's my granddad's name. I know. I thought of that. And uh, I can actually, in the office, here, I can hear the work because it's high up. So the, I can hear the wind swirling, swirling around. Our bins are blowing all over the place. But, you know, they, you know, they name the storms according to the alpha. You know, they give them first names and they go through the alphabet. So this one, Dudley, the one that's coming on Friday is Eunice. And that one, <laughs> that one is going to be even worse. Cool. Stopping, you know, <laughs> they're already cancelling trains. They've been cancelling trains today because, of course, trains, they don't build trains to work in the wind, do they? Or anything, really. The heat, the rain, the snow. Okay, so we're going to cover three, three topics today. Uh, the first one broke... I think this morning, the news broke this morning that Prince Andrew has settled his lawsuit with Virginia Robert Scufray. So, what do you think about that? Annoyed. <laughs> I wanted to, him to be. I wanted him to be brought to justice in a very public way. Well, this is bringing um, him to justice. And I didn't want really. him. Not really, because I mean he's paying he's paying his way out of it with taxpayers' money. Well, it was uh, already a civil. It was only a civil lawsuit, <clears throat> so there was no question of there being a finding of guilt or innocence. It was a. It was. It was always a. Fin it was always going to be a financial penalty if he lost. Um. I, I was pretty certain when he lost the last round and, and therefore was scheduled to be deposed on the 10th of March that there would be intense negotiations taking place because there is no way that you would want to put someone as hopeless as Prince Andrew in front of a skilled deposer like uh, Virginia's lawyer was reputed to be the best deposition taker um, probably in history. And after his performance with, um, what's her face? What was her name? That very good BBC interviewer. I can't remember her name. After his performance on the car crash of an interview, um, I was convinced he was going to be absolutely crucified by that lawyer because you know I have actually been deposed um, and it is very unpleasant 
because essentially they can ask you anything. There isn't a judge to to modify the you know to to control the questioning. They can go in pretty much anywhere they like. You can object to questions, but they still have to be answered. Um, and uh, they can essentially. It's quite easy for a skilled lawyer to put words in your mouth. So. Uh, you know, with all the baggage that he'd created by telling his story <laughs> to the, you know, to the public on that BBC, that Newsnight interview, I mean, he was going to be in major trouble. So I just, I just felt there was a, a settlement coming. I, I understand it's, um, it's, it's thought to be, it's private, it's all confidential, uh, but it's thought to be in the region of ten million pounds to twelve million pounds plus. Um, so we don't know whether there's any um, agreement to pay her legal costs. We understand that there's uh, a, there's a requirement on him to, to to donate to you know abuse charities for victims of abuse. Um, so it's it's a very substantial. He's he's had to pay a lot to not go to court. And, and of course, I think he's, and his <laughs> his reputation is in tatters. Well, it already was in tatters. Let's be honest. That is true. Yeah, it's it's even tattier. <laughs> um, but um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah. So the uh, there was a short statement. Did you did you read the statement? No. So basically, they've, they've they obviously came to an agreement about not only the financial details, but their but uh, but not but they came to an agreement of the settlement, a monetary settlement. But also, they put out a joint statement in which Virginia Gouffre and Prince and Andrew say that they've reached an out of court settlement. Um, the next sort of key point is that. Uh, Prince Andrew says he never intended to malign her character, which is, I think, probably as close as she could get to an, an apology. She didn't get an apology out of him or an admission out of him, but this, I think, is as close as the, you know. I can just see in the negotiations that they were they were trying to find words that would satisfy both sides. So he says he's never never intended to malign her character and accepts that she suffered. Um, as a victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks uh, and that it's known that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years, um, that Andrew regrets his association with Epstein, com commends her bravery and the bravery of other survivors, pledges to demonstrate his regret uh, for that association with Epstein by supporting the fight against the evils of sex trafficking. I think she's done pretty well here. And I think that the the, the settlement is large enough to say something. But it's, it's quite funny, isn't it, to be paying millions and millions of pounds to someone that you claim you, you never met? Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's BS, isn't it? It's absolute rubbish. And um, Prince Andrew doesn't have a job, does he? What's his job? Well, does any of the royal family? No, but he's a really, really bad one. <laughs> so the money that he's paying her, he hasn't earned. He hasn't earned that money. Where is it coming from? Oh, so has you, he really learned a lesson? You make a good point. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's, it's he probably has learned a lesson. <laughs> I think he's learned it's very, it very you know, it's very It's very frustrating because this kind of a settlement would bankrupt most people, hmm. but it's not going to bankrupt him. No. You know? And he he might be, like, cut off from the royal family, which might mean that he needs to get a job or something. I don't know. But or everything that you've just described, they're just words. Anyone can say words. They don't mean anything. It's, it's the action that, that means something. And that's why I wanted him to be publicly dragged through the mud and sent to prison. That yeah. would have been justice for all those poor women that have suffered you know, all this BS about, you know, thinking that the survivors of Epstein are brave. He was complicit in that. Hmm. They were pals. Hmm. I think we ought to just say for the record that he does deny everything. But he denied not seeing her and he's now paying, <laughs> her, paying her off 12 million. Well, I don't I think his word I, means anything. No, I know, but it, I, I just want to be fair about it it can be argued that all those things could still be the case he i mean you know whether you choose to believe it or not is fine but um it, it could be the case that he maintains that he, he he never met her and that she made it all up and well, it just doesn't look very likely in view of this settlement um but just to keep uh, you know just to mm. keep all right make, all right libelist in the corner <laughs> we, we, <laughs> We don't want to just get try, ourselves just trying to make sure that we don't end up in a court case. <laughs> yeah, um, quite right. Yeah, but but his to be honest, his word his word doesn't mean anything. You know, when you when you say you haven't met someone and then a photo comes out and you're literally got your arm around their waist, mm. like how, who can what value does his word carry? None. So, unfortunately, him making a big apology doesn't mean anything to me. No, I doubt it. Means means much to the survivors they're not going to benefit from that 12 million it's no. it's, it's someone's going to benefit i, I mean i i'm glad that the money's gone towards charity but it mm. hasn't helped well, those women recover, i think the, or i think made... i think sorry sorry to interrupt you i think the donation is on top of what of the 10 or as i understand it we don't know the details but i think that the 10 or 12 million is on top of what has to be that that will go to her her, she'll have to pay a lawyer, presumably, out of that, unless there's a agreement to pay his costs as well. I have heard it said somewhere that that it could be a lot. The actual real figure that he's going to have to pay could be a lot higher than the ten million. Yeah, but it's not his money. You no, know, that, 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 I me, don't. I don't disagree you know, with you. You're going to have. Yeah, if they were, they were like, yeah, you need to pay twelve million in damages, and it wasn't my money. I'd be like, all right. Sure. Yeah, I, I can't argue. Have thirteen. <laughs> I can't argue with what you say, and also the the big point that you that you make that it really isn't a punishment for him um, because he he's not going to he's probably not going to lose anything um, in material terms because you know as you say it's it's going to come out of the public purse one way or another. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with all that, but. I think she's done. I think she's done pretty well. Um, and uh, what we can say is, it was the most expensive trip to P Pizza Express that he's ever made. <laughs> yeah, we can say that. Yeah. Yes, Pizza Express Woking or Prince Andrew's Alibi. All right. <laughs> well, I think that um, anyway. I, I think 
we've we've covered the Andrew case um, a lot in the past. This draws a line under that. So let's move on to our second topic, uh, which is um, the case of the cat kicking by the footballer. Uh, for those of for those who don't know about this don't kick cats <laughs> that's exhibit a <laughs> little tones cat uh, don't kick cats yeah so kurt zuma is a very as i understand it i mean i don't know anything about football but i understand he's a very good footballer plays for west ham um, and a rubbish and human being <laughs> somebody was it his son i don't know his brother or whoever it was filmed a video of Kurt kicking his the, the family's pet cat uh, across the kitchen or something. Um, and anyway, I haven't seen the video. I don't know whether you have. Have you? No. Maybe we should do a reaction video. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard I've heard from many journalists who have seen it, and they, you know, they they're all pretty disgusted by it. The fans are pretty disgusted about well, they're very disgusted about it. Um, he hasn't. He had to pay a fine uh, imposed by his club of equal to two weeks' salary. Uh, which amounted to a quarter of a million pound, two hundred and fifty thousand uh, pounds. Two weeks salary, you know, is that much of a punishment? Don't think so. Um, I'm going to watch the video right now. Okay. And tell you how bad it is. All right, um, but you know, I've got a, I've, I've got a, another point to make to you about this. <gasps> oh my god, that is disgusting. That is awful. Okay, so I think he like drop he like drop kicks it. Yeah, I heard that expression used. Drop kicks the cat. I mean, that is that, disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Well, there he you are. Be sacked. He should absolutely be sacked. Yeah, there are a lot of. This people... is what we were saying before, though, when we were talking about footballers and their behaviour. Hmm. Sorry. Go on. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, go on. You carry on with carry on with your line of thought. That's what we were saying before well, about footballers. Just, yeah, just just that. I think that if a player's behaviour damages the game, then they should be fired. I just think if they're not able to behave in an appropriate way, not not abuse women and abuse animals, and you know, act like hooligans then they shouldn't be allowed to play. You know, what a real um, a real uh, punishment would have been suspending him without pay for a season. Yes, I've heard a lot of views that would, would agree with that. Um, I did hear a view by a journalist on LBC, a, a woman who has some connection, maybe through her husband with RSPCA, saying that she felt that we perhaps had all gone a bit too far in talking about him losing his job for something like this, which sort of was beginning to sound like, come on, it's only a cat, was the, the sort of view that she was putting over. And she was actually um, interviewing, you know who Ed, Earthling Ed is? Yeah. Ed Winters. And I bet Earthling Ed was like, no. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, I think that guy is, I think that guy is amazing. I really, really enjoy listening to him. It is amazing. 
And uh, he, yeah, he was taking her to task in, a, in his very gentle way that he has. Uh, he looks a bit like Jesus, and I think he sort of conducts himself a little bit like you would expect Jesus to conduct himself. He was very gentle with her, but he was also did so quite in a firm way that you know, it, 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 it you know, they should they should face the con if they're going to do that to a, an animal then they should uh, face serious consequences. And that might, yeah, that might mean lo losing his job. But more, but he's a vegan, of course, and he's a vegan activist. We're both vegans. Doesn't it make you think, though, this whole thing, this whole outrage that comes out from journalists, from newspapers, from um, all kinds of people saying how awful this is, and yet there's no connection with how awfully we treat animals like pigs and cows and all the rest of it and sheep and we do it just for the sake of something that tastes that we consider tastes nice isn't there a bit of hypocr hypocrisy going on here well yeah but we've all been part of that hypocrisy you have i have so it's, it's completely understandable that people still haven't got to the place in which they you know they're ready to make that step into veganism you know, people are willing to go into places and buy beef. Your connection is poor. Your connection is poor. And they get upset about Chinese people. I'll turn off my video. Is this yeah, better? Yeah, I, I, probably a lot better. Yeah, thank you. Could, could you just repeat everything you just said? I just said we, we're, we're all a part of the hypocrisy. You know, you were a part of it. I was a part of it. We've moved forward from that. And But that doesn't people... make it any less hip hypocritical, the fact that no, we were hypocrites. It, a... No, it, it doesn't. But I can understand why people think that way. I mean, I, I you know, you've got to dedicate yourself to a lot of re-educating, haven't you, to get to a place where you understand that there isn't a difference between a cow and a dog. You know, people are outraged in, in the West that, that, that Chinese people eat dogs. You know, they have that dog eating festival or whatever it's called. I think it's Chinese. Yeah, and, it you know, people in the West get really upset about it. There's really no difference between a cow and a dog. No. There's no difference. Um, but, pe you know, you, people have to um, be invested in, you know, educating themselves and you know, learning why there isn't a difference and why we need to respect all living things. But I do understand that it's a process. But it's not a process that that very many people are prepared to engage with at all. No, but, 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 but people that I thought wouldn't engage have, you know, I didn't think, I, I didn't think that you would ever be a vegan and you are. No, I didn't think I I'd didn't ever think be a vegan either. It's, it's, It's becoming more and more normalised, you know, and the options are getting better. And um, I think that uh, the more people learn about it, the more people will transition. Yeah, uh, I, I, I still think it's just odd that we don't, you know, when we're when we're being outraged by a dog being eaten or a cat being kicked across the room, I, I still think it's a bit odd that we don't make the connection, though. Um, you know, I... I I really do. You know, as I walk across the fields and I see these little cute lambs, which, you know, it's lambing season here at the moment. And, you know, you know, a very large number of them are going to end up as lamb chops. Um, and I just, I just, I don't know. I find it odd that we don't as a species make 
the same connection, even when it's a, another cuddly animal like a little lamb. Because I, I, you know, sort of, I get the point that something that looked cute is less likely to. Um, you're, you're less likely to anybody's less likely to want be want to hurt it, but because it's just cuddly and cute. Um, but lambs are cuddly and cute. So yeah, but then I I don't see I don't see a difference between a cuddly cute lamb and a chicken. You know, people say, well, I don't really mind about fish or chicken because I don't really see them as having like any kind of emotional or intelligent you know intellectual anything basically they just don't see any connection between those that's the point those I'm living making. things and a human being that's, whereas you know that's the point I'm making really I, you know I, I, I just find it odd that we have that cognitive dissonance going on when it comes to this unless we've you know unless we've been through the journey the transition well, I think that's to do with our you know but I think that that's that's something to do with our relationship with food. The fact that everything's become so instantaneous, you know, that you can just go into a supermarket and buy, you know, a slab of chicken. You know, we don't we don't go through the process of killing meat. You know, we're sort of bringing it up and then killing it and then preparing it. You know, if 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 everyone had to go through that, I think that we'd have far more vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, I don't I think, think that a lot right. of people have it. I don't think that they have it in them to um, raise animals, you know, because like like Jeremy Clarkson did on that that program about farming, when he was helping with the lambing season, he said that it was really difficult to kind of, you know, be part of the process of them being born and bringing mm. them up and then seeing them go off to slaughter. Mm. Um, even though he still did, he definitely found it harder after doing that. Mm. So I, I think that it's this complete disconnect between um our food and living animals it's like they just people just see packaged meat yeah i mean we are so far removed from the from the slaughter process um that we i suppose we tend to not not to really think about it very much um and i think you're also right to say that if we were in if we if we did have to do the slaughtering ourselves we would think rather differently about it i think that's definitely true okay so the third and final thing that we were going to talk about um today was are we now back to normal should we be back after covid um should we be back to normal and i noticed fewer and fewer people are wearing masks in in stores shops um is it is it can we consider it to be all over on the other hand there are quite a few there's there's a very significant number of people who still seem to be double masking and you know making giving you a very wide berth when, whenever they uh, see you approaching and perhaps tutting if they don't see you um, wearing a mask and so on so there do seem to be two schools what's what's the situation with your business because your business was deeply the music business um Putting on show, putting on live shows and stuff was deeply affected. Um, what's the situation now? Well, we're still in the recovery process, but there's definitely a huge appetite for going to shows. Um, I think that it's busier than ever in terms of like um, people going to to events. Um, but there are there is still this problem with 
bands going on tours and then picking up COVID and then having to cancel. You know, that it's still going through people um, and it's still causing problems, but I think people are just learning to live with it, just as you would if someone picked up the flu. I just feel like we, we're still going through a, a point in which it's, you know, a lot of people are catching it. So obviously it's quite, it's quite frequent that someone has to cancel a tour because they've caught the flu because of flu jab um but you know we've still got a a large percentage of people in this country who are unvaccinated or haven't had boosters and they're still vulnerable i mean you know tom's got covid right now yeah your husband your husband tom yeah i was just going to say that as as call it for the what is that is this the third time no this is the second time he's had it um and the you know as everyone knows uh tom and i had it really badly the first Mm. time Mm. yeah um and this he said this time is you know we were we were um, having an awful fever for at least the first week two weeks i think Mm. he's not really had much of a fever at all he basically just feels like he has a cold um and he said he's actually actually pretty good um you know he's been really looking after himself eating really well sleeping really well doing yoga trying to sort of get himself recovered so he can go back to work which has been frustrating for him because he would he would go back to work with a cold um but you know obviously he's trying to be responsible for other people um especially in an industry that's so vulnerable if 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 a whole touring party gets sick but yeah this he said uh, we we suspect he's got omicron and he says it's very mild in comparison you know he feels pretty much recovered yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm finding in my own circle that many more people are talking about either having it having it themselves now, or that they know people or have people in their family that have it now. It seems to be very very um, spreadable, this uh, Omicron variant, and um, I just think that we absolutely have to get back to normal. We have to, you know, we, we life has to get back to normal because it, we've done immense damage. To our economy, we're seeing the effects. Of- oh, are you all right? It sounds yeah, like- the cat jumped on me and knocked my phone. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it sounded like you've fallen over. Uh, we absolutely <laughs> have to. Yeah, we've done so. We've done terrible damage to our economy, and we've done damage in many other ways. I mean, it's our national health service. From from what I can see, is pretty much a pale imitation of its former self i mean it's almost impossible to get appointments now um uh, and they don't they seem to have a sort of little bit of an arrogance about them in certainly in the in the the way the doctors operate and uh the the surgeries operate um you know they 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 try and avoid seeing you in person and yet when you go there they're pretty much empty (laughs) Um, so, so, and the effect, you know, what you do hear about all the time in the media is how people who have, who have got serious, serious health problems like cancer have been, have just had their treatment delayed and many have died as a result, as a direct result of not being able to be treated. Um, whether the health service will ever be the same again, I wonder, and I wonder whether we're going to have to move to a move to a place of of paying in in some way ourselves for GP services. 
because uh, it's not working now. That, from what I can see, it's not working now. What's it like in your area? It's just absolutely horrendous. And, and obviously, we've talk, spoken about this before, but it's not just cancer patients that would, you know, we're talking about anyone with a chronic health condition. And that makes up such a large percentage of the country. You know, um, I've, I've one of my close friends has a um, really crippling endometriosis and um, she, she's had a suspect, suspected um, burst cyst and hasn't been able to see anyone for weeks. You know, and that's, that's like life threatening, um, but it's not seen as an emergency. No, that's the thing. And that's terrible. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, I, yeah, and I start, I mean, it, for myself, I, I'm so fed up of not being able to get through to my GP or get through to my neurologist. Well, when I was having a problem um, with my with nerve pain, I con contacted my neurologist and I said, you know, please, can I have a phone call? I just need five minutes of your time. And I basically got a, we're too busy right now. And it's been six months. Yeah. It's been six months. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not, and you know, this is not, you know, abnormal. This is what everyone's experiencing right now. Yeah. So we have to, we have to, we have And I think that we're all going to be moving towards a paid system. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's on the cards. Um, but we, you know, just on the general point, I think we absolutely all have to, manage our own risk just as you do with with bad flu or whatever manage our own risk take precautions um you know i would say get vaxxed uh, not everyone would agree um but uh take precautions uh, i think you know i'm, I'm very few people shake hands anymore <laughs> that may be that may be something that changes will you know will life ever be the same i don't you know people think i think i think I think I'm less inclined to want to go to busy places. By the way, back to your business, we are going to see uh, the Osmonds musical next month. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's got we've got. Okay, got, that's not my business. I don't work in. <laughs> no, I mean I don't work in that kind of music. It's me. I know it's that not your kind of music, but it's the musical performance performing industry, right? So, and it, I'm really excited about it because. Apparently, it's apparently the audience is going to be filled with sixty-somethings, <laughs> of which, of course, I'm one. Um, and it's, as I say, it's had, it's had good reviews, uh, so I'm really excited about it. Cool. But yeah, we have to get on, and we have to get life back to normal, and we have to take manage our risks, and uh, you know, let's be kind to one another and not spend our time tutting and criticizing people. Um, you know, we, we've got to put it behind us. Anyway, um, that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you very much, Little Tone. And uh, thank you, dear listener. Um, as always, we'd love your feedback. We're going to have to do something about Little Tone's connection, though, uh, because uh, even with your video switched off, the we lost you quite a few times. Um, so I don't know whether we can do something about that, but we need to. Oh, there you are. <laughs> okay, so thanks, everybody. So for now, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. See you next time. Bye. Bye.